Eight things to check with your media host's podcast RSS feed. Welcome to The Audacity to Podcast, episode 328. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch and improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Regardless of who you use to host your podcast media and generate your podcast RSS feed, I have eight things that I think you should check inside of your RSS feed. Hosting your feed with your media host is not a bad thing. If your media host is not bad, if you're interested in whether you should host your own podcast RSS feed or if you should let your media host do that for you, then go back to episode 270 and I have the link to that in the show notes for this episode. In that episode, I shared the pros and cons and let you know why you should host your feed and also why maybe you shouldn't host your feed so that you can make that decision yourself. That's episode 270 if you want to go back and check that. Or get the link in the show notes for this episode inside your podcast app or go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash host feed. These eight things to check are, number one, check which RSS feed is actually being used. Number two, check who controls the Apple Podcasts Connect account. Number three, check whether you can redirect the RSS feed. Number four, check that your email address is in the feed. Number five, check that the website URL points to your website. Number six, check that the episode links point to the correct episode web pages. Number seven, check that you can include HTML in the show notes. And number eight, check for full support of the new iTunes tags. If you'd like to follow along in the show notes for episode 328, then tap inside your app or go to the audacitytopodcast.com slash host feed. Let's dig into this in depth. Number one, check which RSS feed is actually being used. I'm really surprised how often podcasters either don't know which Apple podcast feed and other apps are actually using because maybe they think it's a feed burner feed, but it's not, or maybe they think it's not a feed burner feed and it is, or maybe they think it's their PowerPress feed and it's their Libsyn feed, but they don't know which one it actually is. I'm also surprised that some podcasters don't even know what their RSS feed is at all. I can understand that you've forgotten it. Maybe it's not front of mind because the way that podcasting works is that once you submit your RSS feed to these different podcast apps and directories, everything else after that should be automatically syndicated. It's it's really simple. And that's why we have RSS, really simple syndication. So I know I can't blame you or other podcasters for forgetting what your exact RSS feed URL is, but I do recommend that you keep a copy of that somewhere And if nothing else, know exactly which RSS feed is actually being used inside of the podcast apps. And regardless of your own situation, and I want to assume the best about you, that you know what your RSS feed is or you know which feed you think you're using, there are some ways that you can check it to make sure that Apple Podcasts is using the feed that you think it is, as well as other podcast apps. And this can be really helpful because if you ever change something significantly in the past, or you did a redirect, or you want to make sure that your redirect took effect and you've given enough time for it to do so, these methods I'm about to share with you will help you to ensure that the right RSS feed is being used, or you can know which RSS feed of yours is being used for your podcast in these different apps. 
For Apple Podcasts and iTunes, log in to Podcast Connect, click on your podcast, and look at the URL field, and that's your podcast feed for your podcast. But if you don't have access to your podcast in Podcast Connect or you've forgotten your access or anything like that, whatever the case, you can't get to it inside of Podcast Connect, then you can use a tool by Reagan Starr to search for your podcast by either the title or the author and then see what feed is listed. And I have the link to that search tool inside of the show notes for episode 328 inside your app or the audacity to podcast.com slash host feed. I don't recommend trying to type Reagan Starr uh, as a website into your browser, just use the link that's in the show notes. And it's a very specific link going to this specific tool. And with that, in case you enter the name of your podcast or your own name and it doesn't show any results, just try retyping it or do a backspace and retype that last character. Sometimes there seems to be a little, maybe it's a browser incompatibility or something. But that tool can then show you your cover art, your title, so you can make sure that's the podcast that you're looking at. And you'll see the URL for your RSS feed there. I use that tool quite often because it's faster than many of these other things. And it's especially good for checking the RSS feed for podcasts I don't host, where I don't have access to the Podcast Connect account. The other thing you could do is subscribe to the podcast in that app that you're testing. And then you may have the option to copy the URL or see the feed URL. In iTunes, for example, you can right-click on the podcast from your subscriptions and click Copy Podcast URL. And that will usually give you the RSS feed URL for that podcast. So you can paste that into a browser, just paste it into a a page somewhere so you can see what that URL is and know exactly what URL is being used inside of that app. The other thing, in case you don't have the option to see the URL, copy the URL or anything like that, you could subscribe to your podcast inside that app and then export your subscriptions to an OPML file. Then open that file in a text editor, and it's going to look really confusing because there's all kind of code and different stuff in there, but look for the name of your podcast. You could do a search like by pressing Command F on a Mac OS computer or Control F on Windows or Linux and find the name of your podcast, and inside of that same little block of text, there will be a spot that's XML URL, and that's all one word with a capital U in there, and then an equal sign, and then quotation marks will be the URL for your feed. So find your podcast name inside of that OPML file, which is a complete export of all of your podcast subscriptions from that app. So it could be a really big file, could be a small file, depends on your app and how many subscriptions you have. But then after you find the title in that same little block of text, in that same paragraph, look for the XML URL, and you might even recognize it just by glancing at it. You'll see your podcast RSS feed URL in there. And that then shows you what that app is using for checking your podcast and subscribing to your latest episodes. Keep in mind that feed URL changes from redirects like a 301 or 307 redirect or from the iTunes new feed URL tag may take as many as a couple or even a few days to be reflected in those podcast apps and catalogs. So if you make the change right now and then you go looking in the app or catalog for what RSS feed is being used, it's not going to show yet. You'll need to give it a little bit of time to make sure that it has propagated into all of the places it needs to go. So that's number one. Check which RSS feed is actually being used. Number two, check who controls the Apple Podcast Connect account. Without control of your podcast in Apple Podcast Connect, you won't be able to fix Apple compliance issues. You won't be able to refresh your catalog listing if something isn't working right for you or if you need to force a refresh because of something in your feed. 
and you won't be able to see your podcast analytics from Apple. That right there is probably the biggest reason most people would have for needing access to their podcast in Apple Podcast Connect. Most likely, this isn't a concern for you because no good podcast host submits their client's podcast to Apple. If the podcast media hosting company that creates your RSS feed does submit your podcast for you to Apple Podcasts and Google Play and other podcast apps and directories, then they're not a good podcast host. I really recommend you get control of your feed from them and leave them. Now, I know that there is this issue right now where you may not be able to access your podcast in the Apple Podcast Connect account, either because they were submitted through a separate Apple ID or maybe they were submitted even before an Apple ID was a requirement. Apple is in the slow process of verifying and moving podcasts between Apple IDs or assigning those Apple IDs where they've been missing. So please be patient with their team. I would suggest waiting until at least the second quarter of 2018 before you contact Apple on your own, if they don't reach out to you first, to ask them to change or add your Apple ID if you don't have access to it in your Podcast Connect account. It might take them a while because there are 400,000 podcasts in Apple Podcasts. They need to go through all of those and ensure that everyone who has access has access to their podcast in the Podcast Connect account. So it's going to take some time. Please be patient with them. Please respect that they are doing this as quickly as they can, and they know you want access. It's not like they're trying to hold it hostage. They're trying to give you access. Please be patient, but make sure that when all of that is sorted out, make sure you have control over your own podcast in your own Apple Podcast Connect account or an account that's created specifically for that podcast. That's number two. Number three Check whether you can redirect the RSS feed. Although we can debate the finer details of the definition of owning and controlling your podcast RSS feed, I think the most important requirement is the ability to redirect your feed to somewhere else. That level of control ensures you can move your podcast feed to anything else and take your audience with you. A redirect is kind of like a change of address. You are posting something or something is being posted for you at the old URL that says, this has moved, here's the new URL, and make sure that you change what you're looking for. So stop looking at this old address, start looking at the new address. That's the way a 301 permanent redirect works. 307 and 302 temporary redirects only do that temporarily. It's kind of like a hold of mail at the post office or a temporary forward of your mail, but a 301 permanent redirect is like that change of address notification to everyone and forwarding the mail. That's what you want if you have to change your RSS feed as a 301 permanent redirect. And that gives you that control so that if you ever need to take that RSS feed somewhere else, migrate from one service to another, change your domain name, anything like that, being able to place a redirect means you can take your audience with you. I see this happen way more often than it should happen, which means... If it happens at all, it's way more often than it needs to happen. But a podcaster will say, oh, I switched hosts, so I have a new iTunes URL. And I want to slap my head because that's not the way you should do it. And maybe it's because the host that they started with was a bad host that didn't give them the ability to place a 301 redirect. And there are still companies like that, companies that charge for their service and a lot of companies that are free that won't let you take your audience with you if you decide to leave the platform. So you need to check whether you can redirect that RSS feed in case you ever need to leave that service if you're using their RSS feed. 
And ideally, that redirect should be three things. Number one, it should be a 301 permanent redirect, not a 302 or 307. Those are both temporary redirects. And all of my top recommended hosting companies do this. Libsyn, Blueberry, Podbean, they do a 301 permanent redirect. That's like that change of address notice. Number two, you should ensure that the redirect can remain in place even after you cancel your service. And forever is best, but at least a few months. Blueberry and some other companies can do this. Libsyn and some other companies may actually charge an extra fee for this. That's when you close your account. As long as you have your account open, then that redirect is in place. But when you decide to close your account and stop paying, you may have to pay one more flat rate fee in order to keep that redirect on your feed. So ideally, even if you have to pay for it, ideally, that redirect should stay in place for forever. And the third thing that this redirect should be is an option you can set yourself. Now, with several safety precautions along the way, verifications, maybe some authorization necessary, but I do think it should be something that you can put in yourself. And this is quite mixed with the different companies, and it does depend a little bit on your account status. Libsyn, for example, you can place a 301 redirect on your own if you want to, but if you decide to close your account or if you have already closed your account, only they can place the 301 redirect for you. If you use SoundCloud to create your RSS feed, and you know probably know my thoughts about SoundCloud, if you're using them, you can actually place a 301 redirect on your feed over there on SoundCloud. With other services, you may not be able to place that 301 redirect yourself, or they may not even be able to place it at all. So this is why I put this high on the list. Number three, check whether you can redirect the RSS feed. So if you ever need to leave that service, or you change your branding, or anything like that, you can take your audience with you. That company is not holding your audience hostage. Number four, check that your email address is in the RSS feed. Even if you don't control the Apple ID that was used to submit your podcast to Apple Podcast Connect, it's easy to verify ownership and stay informed about issues with your podcast when your email address is in the RSS feed, not someone else's or not some email address you don't have access to anymore. Or when it was submitted, it was never attached to an Apple ID. I suspect that Apple will use the email address inside the iTunes email tag for contacting and verifying ownership of that podcast feed. So it's really important that your email address be in that tag. The other tag that's kind of a fallback, maybe it's not as important, but I still recommend your email address be in there is the managing editor tag. And if you're using a high quality podcast RSS feed creation tool, then it should allow you the option to easily put in your email address and it will automatically put it into these proper places. You don't have to worry about exactly what tag goes where because these tools like PowerPress, Libsyn and such are creating these things for you. Keep in mind that the email address itself isn't really that important, but do remember that it is publicly accessible. So you should probably make it something branded to your podcast and not your personal email address because you don't want people, probably don't want people, having access to your personal email address. But whatever that email address is, whether it's with your own domain or even if it's a Gmail account, which I don't really recommend that you create extra Gmail addresses for your podcast, but even if it's that, make sure you have access to that account. That is what's most important. 
Some podcast hosting companies will default to using their own email address in these fields. And I do consider that a sin. I think by default they should use your email address and there should be no option for them to put their email address in there. Or if there is, that they always forward those messages to you immediately. But companies don't really have that set up like that. But many companies, and even SoundCloud, will let you change that default. Like SoundCloud does default to using the email address feeds at soundcloud.com. But with a simple switch inside of your SoundCloud settings, you can change that to use your email address. However, if a company puts their email address in the iTunes email tag and they don't let you change it, leave that company now. You need, you must have your email address in there. And this isn't a technical requirement of podcasting, but if you want to own your podcast, if you want control over it, Regardless of what direction Apple goes with the Podcast Connect thing and how they verify ownership, your email address needs to be in that feed, not the email address that belongs to your podcast media hosting company or someone else, your address, an account you have access to. That's number four. Check that your email address is in the feed. Number five, check that the website URL points to your website. RSS feeds contain simple link tags that point to web pages and the top link tag and that is before the item tags or in other words we would call it the channel level or show level tag should point to your website for your podcast i recommend inserting the url to your podcast specific page if your podcast is not the primary purpose of your website for example if your whole platform is a major news organization a magazine a membership site something like that and your podcast is simply one smaller part of it then maybe link to that podcast specific page instead of linking to the homepage. but that is ultimately up to you the main point is it needs to link to your website most podcast media hosting companies who create the rss feed for you like libsyn blueberry spreaker and others will default to inserting their url for your web page on their platform But you can usually change it to your own website. And if you have a website that's separate from your RSS feed, which there can be many cases for doing that, then definitely check that the website URL points to your website. Most podcast apps and directories will link to that URL in their catalog listing for your podcast. For example, in Apple Podcasts and iTunes, there is a podcast website link. That goes to whatever that link is in your RSS feed. This is most likely not a problem if you're generating your podcast feed from your website, such as with PowerPress, or if you want to use the podcast's host webpage, like Emily Prokop does with the Story Behind podcast. She's using the Libsyn page for her podcast, but she is using her own domain for that website. So good job, Emily, on that. But even then, you may still need to update the URL if your podcast is not the primary purpose of your website. So, for example, CNN is a major news organization. Their podcast is not the main focus of their website. Then it might make sense for them, even if they're generating the podcast feed from their site, it might make more sense for them to make the website address for that podcast go to a specific page for that podcast and that page has more information about the podcast about the hosts information for contacting the podcaster that kind of stuff but if that's the whole purpose of your overall website your website's main function 
is to be the home for your podcast, you probably don't need to worry about changing that URL to something other than your main homepage URL. That's number five. Check that the website URL points to your website. Number six, check that episode links point to the correct episode web pages. For a while, there have been concerns over search engine optimization or SEO and usability. If your episode links in your RSS feed pointed to the wrong web pages, that's an even bigger issue now because in Apple Podcasts and iOS 11, each episode now includes an episode web page link inside the app. That URL for the individual episode comes from the link tag for each episode, and that is inside the item tags in your RSS feed. So it's at the episode level. There's the link tag at the show level or channel level, and there's the link tag at the item or episode level. Some apps may also look at the GUID tag if it's a valid permalink URL, but usually that tag, certainly by PowerPress, by Libsyn, by the popular podcast feed creation tools, usually they set that tag to is permalink equals false, which is a way of saying that even if the GUID looks like a URL, and the GUID is a globally unique identifier, even if it looks like a URL, such as the way it looks from PowerPress feeds, to not treat it like one. So usually you don't have to worry about what's in that GUID field. It's what's in the link field for that specific episode that you need to be concerned with. Again, this is most likely not a concern or a problem if you're generating your podcast feed from your own website, such as with PowerPress, or if you want the podcast host's webpage that they provide. But you should change this for each individual episode if you're creating your RSS feed separate from your website. With both of these points, five and six, checking that basically the URL in your feed points to your website, if you have your own website, I see this quite often where a podcaster submits their podcast media host feed. It might be from Libsyn, it might be from Spreaker, it might be from Podbean, or it might be from anyone, either reputable or not reputable. But they submit their feed, and when you click on the website link for that feed, it takes you to the media host's website, not the actual podcaster's website. And that media host website could look horribly ugly if you haven't customized it, if you haven't put your branding on it. It might be something you didn't even know existed, but because you're using their feed and that web page is enabled by default, it's linking to this ugly web page that you didn't know existed and you haven't paid any attention to. And the same thing can happen with your individual episode web pages, that even if you update that main URL for your feed, like if you're using Libsyn to create your RSS feed, but you have a WordPress website separately for your podcast, When you update that main URL, that may take people to your website. But now if they click on the episode webpage from their podcast app, it takes them to the Libsyn page. So you need to go in and change the permalink for each individual episode if you're creating the RSS feed from something other than your own website. Number seven, check that you can include HTML in the show notes. Most podcast apps will display the full blog post or show notes with your episodes. This isn't new to iOS 11. We've had this ability actually for a while, and many apps have done this for a while. Some do it slightly differently than others, like Overcast, for example, will display images that are in the show notes, whereas Apple Podcasts won't display images. There's some other subtle differences here and there as well. And this information comes from the content encoded tag 
if your feed includes it. The content encoded tag is where the main body of your content goes. So think of it like if you have a blog and you're publishing your blog in an RSS feed, the full contents of that blog post are in the content encoded. The same thing works with your podcast show notes. If you write full show notes and you have that enabled to go into your RSS feed, then they would be going into the content encoded tag. WordPress feeds, however, have this option that you can disable that tag, or really the way they word it is to publish summaries and not the full content in your RSS feed. This is a great way to make your RSS feed smaller so it loads faster so you don't hit any kind of limits and so you reduce the amount that needs to be downloaded from the server. But this would mean that it wouldn't include your full show notes. So if you wanted to tell people, look at the show notes inside of the app, but you're not publishing the content into your feed, then all that would show inside the app would be probably that short little excerpt, the description of your podcast, which might be only a couple sentences long, or maybe the first so many words of your description, maybe the first 100 words or something like that. Because of the wide support for displaying the full show notes inside of the podcast app and the way it's being enhanced in more recent years, it's becoming easier to tell your audience to look at your show notes inside of the podcast app instead of always sending them to your website. And if you want some basic formatting of those notes, including lists like bullet lists, numbered lists, and especially hyperlinks where you can say the name of something and it's clickable or tappable and it takes them to that URL, you need the ability to include HTML in order to make that happen. And this doesn't mean that you need to know any HTML. High quality platforms like WordPress with PowerPress and Libsyn do give you the ability to use a rich text editor that makes hyperlinking as simple as a click of a button on some selected text. You don't even have to know what kind of HTML is going on in the background. It puts that in for you. You just know you selected this text, you pressed a button, you pasted the URL, you clicked OK, and now it's hyperlinked. That's making the HTML for you. And you need to have that ability to do that inside of your show notes in the feed that's being created for you. Some platforms like SoundCloud strangely support HTML in the content, but they don't let you enter the HTML yourself. But if the content was entered with an API, such as what Libsyn uses with their unpublished feature and some other platforms use as well for cross-posting to SoundCloud, if you have money to waste on a SoundCloud account, then the HTML does get carried through, which is really weird. And SoundCloud may change this at some point. I kind of doubt it since podcasting is such a low priority to them. But other platforms allow only plain text. So you can't select the text. You can't hyperlink it. You can't make it bold. You can't make a bullet point list. You can't make a numbered list. You can't italicize things. Maybe you can't even create additional paragraph or line breaks. If that's the case, then really consider leaving that platform. But what you can do in almost any one of these apps is that you can put the plain text URL as long as it's a full valid URL. And that does mean starting with HTTP colon slash slash, or maybe it's HTTPS colon slash slash. You can't simply put in there something.com or www.something.com, which usually the www is not necessary anymore. It needs to be a full valid URL having that HTTP colon slash slash. That's what we call the protocol. It needs to have that. 
And if that's in there, many podcast apps will recognize that and hyperlink that. But if they don't, it looks really bad in your show notes inside of an app to see a plain text long URL that you can neither tap and visit or even copy and paste in order to visit. So that's why I think it's really important that you be able to include HTML in your show notes, even if you're not writing the raw HTML code, that you can use some of this rich text formatting inside of your show notes. That's number seven. Number eight, check for full support of the new iTunes tags. If you've been listening for even not very long, you know this is a real pet peeve of mine. Apple Podcasts in iOS 11 introduced some new tags for the Apple Podcasts RSS spec. And taking advantage of these new features is not mandatory at all. But implementing them can make your podcast a better experience for your current and potential audience. Plus, it's more likely Apple will feature your podcast if they see you're using their new tags effectively. Filling out all of that metadata is a great way for Apple to know you're serious about this. So if they find your podcast and they're interested in featuring it in some way, they might see, oh, and they're using the season tags or the episode number tags or the special iTunes title tags, or they've got bonus and trailer episodes and all of this stuff. They're taking advantage of this, even at the simple level, the bare minimum, then it will look better in their system because Apple wants to feature stuff that looks good. So if your podcast doesn't look good, they'll be less inclined to feature your podcast. And a way that you can make your podcast look a little better inside of Apple Podcasts is by using these new tags as is appropriate for your podcast. Not every podcast needs to have seasons. Not every podcast needs to be a serial type. Not every podcast has trailer or bonus episodes. And I would say maybe most podcasts have none of that stuff. That stuff does make a big difference to the podcast experience, but if your podcast doesn't fit any of those kinds of things, then there's no use for those tags to you. But I do think it will make a better experience if all podcasts use the new iTunes episode tag for episode numbers and the new iTunes title tag for clean episode titles. And that would be without episode numbers or the title of your podcast. These are reasons why I think full support for the new iTunes tags is an absolute requirement for any podcast media host. Blueberry, PowerPress, Libsyn, and Podbean were quite quick to support the new tags. And I've been pleasantly surprised by how many of those less popular startup hosts already had full support in place before iOS 11 was released. Like Art19, Simplecast, Megaphone, and Podient. These are companies that you don't typically hear me talk about or even have nice things to say about. But all of those companies I just mentioned supposedly had full support for the new iTunes tags before the release of iOS 11, though I haven't personally verified it in these separate apps. Some services, like at this specific moment, Spreaker, has limited support of the new iTunes tags. That's why you hear me talking about Spreaker a little less, because I really want to see them have full support. And Spreaker doesn't support these iTunes title tags for your individual episode titles. But the companies that you hear the podcasting professionals frequently diminish and ridicule, and I'm cautious to mention any of them by name, but you know who they are. Those companies will probably never offer full support for the new iTunes tags, if even support at all for these new tags. So if you're hosting your 
podcast feed and generating it with a podcast media host that doesn't offer full support of the new iTunes tax. I really recommend that you leave or at this point, maybe contact them and say, how soon will you have this up and running? And then from their answer, you can decide whether it's worth sticking around or maybe seeing that they don't prioritize podcasting services as much or supporting these new standard features. And so you might decide to go somewhere else. I recommend at this moment, my top recommendations, Blueberry, Libsyn, and Podbean. And by the way, I do have a promo code for all three of them. If you want to join and at least get one month free, then use the promo code Noodle when you sign up at any of those three services. And that is my affiliate code. And I've checked out these different services and the features that they offer, and I'm pretty comfortable recommending them. That's Libsyn, Blueberry, and Podbean. So these eight things to check if you're using your media host's podcast feed are number one, check which RSS feed is actually being used in the podcast apps and directories. Number two, check who controls the Apple Podcasts Connect account. Number three, check whether you can redirect the podcast RSS feed. Number four, check that your email address is in the RSS feed. Number five, check that the website URL points to your website. Number six, check that the episode links point to the correct episode web pages probably, again, on your website. Number seven, check that you can include HTML in your show notes. And number eight, check for full support of the new iTunes tags. If you'd like to review any of these or see some of the links or code that I mentioned for reference, then go to the show notes for episode 328 at com slash host feed, or they're probably a simple tap away inside of your podcast app. Thanks to Andy Wang from the United States and host of Inspired Money at inspiredmoney.fm, wrote in Apple Podcasts, found the answers when I needed it. Thanks, Daniel, for providing so much information and being a fantastic resource to podcasters. Your blog and podcast really came in handy recently when I was up late one night uploading files to Libsyn for the first time. With the help of the Audacity to Podcast, my podcast, Inspired Money, has been launched. Congratulations on your launch, Andy. And here's a little bit about the Inspired Money Podcast. It is a podcast that believes inspiration leads to action. Talk positively about money and you might achieve better things. The way you earn money and spend it reflects your innermost values. Inspired Money explores candid conversations about money, passions, and great stories with business people, authors, musicians, and more. Each week, Host Andy Wang brings you an interesting person to help you get inspired, shift your perspectives on money, and achieve incredible things. From making it to giving it away, inspired money means making a difference, creating something bigger than oneself, and maybe even making the world a better place. And that's at inspiredmoney.fm. Thanks also to Scott Albrecht from the United States and host of Ice Fishing Radio, a podcaster from Ohio, in fact. He wrote in Apple Podcasts saying, After listening to your podcast, my podcast has gone from novice to somewhat not novice. But this is not due to the lack of your explaining things. It's due to the slow learning curve. Your advice on missingletter.com has really boosted my podcast from my marketing standpoint and the information on how to best brand and market your podcasts. I often drive by Cincinnati listening to your podcast. It's because of your podcast that I know my podcast is both a TV show podcast and a current events podcast. And thanks to you, I know why I podcast. And that's the F in profit, which is for fun. 
Thank you very much, Scott, for that review. His podcast, Ice Fishing Radio, is a year-round family-friendly ice fishing podcast. And I have the link to that in the show notes for this episode, number 328, at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash host feed. If you write a review for the Audacity to Podcast in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or anywhere else, please make sure your real name is included in that review as well as the name of your podcast so I can give you a shout out and link to it in the show notes like I just did for Scott and Andy. And thank you for those kind reviews too. If you want to improve and grow your podcast, then the best place for you to be is podcasterssociety.com. You can join, connect with other podcasters also passionate about growing, even if you host a hobby podcast. We can all do things to make our podcast better and grow our audience, and that's what Podcaster Society is about, helping you connect with all of those points of profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. Find out more and join at podcasterssociety.com. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch and improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.